And welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ben Allman, and this is my co-host. Chris Coons. Hello, and thanks again for joining us on the Petricor Project. Uh, ben, so what would you say, jumping right in here, uh, no witty banter, what would you say are the benefits of being more fit? So like a human being who is more fit than the general population or just than other human beings. More fit in what way? Ah, that is pretty much exactly how I knew you were going to take this question. So I don't know what, what way, how do you think that we should define more fit in this context? How should we define it or how is it defined? Man, you are getting even more granular than I was expecting. I guess for the purposes of this conversation, it would be how we are defining more fit because depending on what Google search result we click on is going to depend on the definition of fitness that we get. So I think that we need to define it for our context in this specific conversation because I'm not really... So you asked the question, I'm going to then give you the responsibility of defining (laughs) what fit is in the context of the question that you're asking. Because I I can take it a lot of different ways. Okay. Uh, Well, give give me a couple of those those ways. Let me see if there's a thread that I want to pull on. All right. So more fit. So... Generally speaking, what the normal population is going to find to be more fit is being able to either or both move more mass more quickly, uh, move more mass, period, uh, or have a cardiovascular system that can outlast uh, a different cardiovascular system in two different humans. Um, Those are going to be... Uh, your loose definitions of your uh, general fitness adaptations for what the general population sees as more fit than they are, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, So I think that, at least in this context, there's going to be some overlap there of all three of those uh, types of fitness, meaning strength, power, and... uh, not speed, but uh, anaerobic uh, endurance. Uh, Speed could also be another one, Um, but that's less likely that the general population would uh, start with that. Um, So those are going to be your bases and the three extremes you can go to. And then I'm not sure how you, what uh, combination of any or all of those you would like to take as what you're going to define as fit here. Okay, so I like where you, I like how you laid out all of those different potentialities. And um, for new listeners, general thing that we like to do here on the Petrocore project that is super important is defining terms and really honing in on what we're actually talking about. And the reason for that is, is because there are, just in this conversation, there are possible different benefits to being stronger than others versus having better cardiorespiratory fitness than others versus being more powerful in the context that Ben defined it as far as fitness 
uh, than others. So my question was, what are the benefits of being more fit than the general population or than the average person? And I think that the way that we would have to go further in the conversation then is picking each one because I could be stronger than what would be an average person on, you know, say a bell curve, but I could definitely have worse cardiorespiratory fitness than. Well, then that begs the question, ah, are you more fit than okay. the general population? And I don't know how we're measuring that because is being able to lift a hundred pounds more in a deadlift than the general population. Does that make up for, uh, being able to run at, you know, four miles an hour less than the general population or not being able to run at all? Or how do we consider then special populations for like people in wheelchairs? Like is a guy in the wheelchair fit because he can bench 405 for reps? Is that fit? Because the dude can't run. So I don't know how you want to determine that or how you want to define that because by all standards and strength, sure, guy's absolute monster, uh, and uh, and obviously he can't compete with you know a a, a, a child essentially uh, in running though or in cardiovascular and endurance for that specific activity. So I don't know if you would consider him more fit in this context, and you're going to have to uh, find how you want to define uh, or at least incorporate. Uh, those types of situations into your definition of fitness if you are, in fact, going to define what fit is or more fit than the general population. Okay. So that's a super good, interesting question. Do, in this context, would I, would I say that to be more fit than the average person on a bell curve would you have to be more fit in all of the domains or like the, like the big domains, or could you be more fit in just, you know, one or two of those domains? Huh? That is, well, and and I think the answer to that is pretty simple. Um, realistically speaking, and by realistically, I mean, in practice, uh, realistic. So it, Realistically speaking, then, I believe that uh, having uh, a higher output in any of those modalities is going to be considered fit. Whether or not you have far, far less in one, because for the general population, they are only looking at uh, either your body type, which will likely come from... uh, and, and, and by this, I mean for a specific thing. So for strength and for power, likely they're going to be looking at your body type, meaning that you're going to look huge to them. And so for that, they're going to say you're more fit, regardless of whether you can lift or not, right? Um, but likely you're going to be able to lift because you're going to, be, you're going to have more muscle because you have more mass. Um, and so the general population is probably going to consider that person in the wheelchair very fit um, and ignore the fact that he doesn't have legs. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody in the wheelchair doesn't have legs, but the person in my example doesn't have legs. Um, so 
I think as well, when you, uh, regardless of how small they are, when you see a person who, you know, runs every, or when you hear about, you know, at work or when you hear it, like in conversations that somebody's been running, I don't know, for the general population, going to be, you know, five, three miles every day. They're going to be like, that person's in shape. That person's fit, even though they may not look super great. Right. Um, and so they're not going to be able to lift, you know, uh, three and a half times their body weight um, because they're going to be, you know, it's, it's very unlikely that that's going to be the case. Uh, it's very unlikely that they're going to be hitting high numbers, you know, on a deadlift or a bench or a squat or a, you know, a, a, a T-bar row, whatever you want. Um, and by that, I mean maximal numbers. So they're not pulling heavy numbers. They're not pushing heavy numbers, um, even if they are doing relative to their body weight because they may be at a super low weight. Um, so I, I think uh, for the context of this conversation, uh, being above quote unquote normal inner bell curve is going to be uh, it, well being above normal in any modality is going to be fit uh, regardless of the rest of the modalities because they're only going to be focusing on the modality that you are fit in. Okay, I fo- I follow what you're saying. Um, I think so. Based on so can we can we then run with that so that if if sure so what do you think then the benefits of what are the benefits of being fitter than or more fit than the average person on the bell curve in at least one of those modalities well they're very different for those very different modalities right, <laughs> right. so that 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 brings us back and makes us this question difficult okay um for someone who is a long-distance cardiovascular athlete, uh, obviously you're going to have cardiovascular type uh, increases in goodness. I don't, I don't know how you want to how you want to phrase that. Um, you know, you're going to have decreased cholesterol. You're going to have decreased triglycerides. You're going to have all that good happy crap in your blood work. Uh, your diastolic blood pressure is probably going to be better. Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, not necessarily, but likely more than the average person or the average you had you not been more fit in that specific modality of cardiovascular activity. Um, as well, you're going to be able to go further than you typically would have had you not gotten quote unquote fit. Uh, you're going to be able to last longer in terms of cardiovascular fitness for any um, and all modalities of cardiovascular uh, activity, um, regardless of which cardiovascular activity you choose to do to make yourself better in cardiovascular activity than the normal person. Um, and so that's going to be, depending on where you are um, in life, uh, going to be quite essential. Uh, it's also going to be uh, quite deterministic about your uh, body fat levels, uh, as well as, you know, you can't out-train a bad diet. That's absolutely true. But uh, had you not been a cardiovascular, uh, active, cardiovascularly active human, uh, more so than the normal person, you would be fatter than you are had you not, if you did not change your diet. Um, so in that way, you're probably going to look better or at least look better to the average person than the average person looks or than you would have looked had you not done this. Um, 
you're going to have, so there's going to be increased benefits there. You know, we can go into the societal benefits of looking better and all that stuff, but I'm going to leave it at that. Um, you're probably going to feel better about yourself because you're able to do more than you would have been able to do before or what you would have been able to do now had you not done all this. Um, you probably can do more now than you could have before uh, in every activity, whether that's walking, whether that's you know playing with your kids, whatever it is. Uh, you're probably going to be less fatigued uh, than you otherwise would have been. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of mental benefits to being cardiovascularly fit um, that, you know, are hard to address uh, in a general case because there's a lot of specifics and, you know, maybe, oh, you know, I, I felt better about my body when I looked in the mirror. I felt better, you know, when somebody, you know, said something about, my body and you know because of it i was in a happier mood and because of that you know this good thing happened to me you know who knows um so there's a lot of that that it can come from uh if you're talking about uh, more physical stuff uh you know there's going to be uh, uh you know, you, you, you might convert some of your muscle fiber types i don't know how much of a benefit that is, but if you're wanting to convert them to type two, you know, um, so there's, there's that as well. Um, and you know, obviously that depends on how many you're born with and genetics and all that stuff. Um, but uh, you know, you, you'll be more well adapted to doing those activities. And so I think those things that I just covered are going to be the, a uh, large one, as well as uh, you're going to have a, a, and not necessarily for the reasons that I've covered, but in addition to that, uh, you're going to have lower risk of, uh, what do we call those? Uh, all something disease. All, I forget. All cause all mortality? Mor yeah, that's the words. <laughs> yeah, all cause uh. mortality. Um, and, you know, your heart's going to be in better shape than it would have been otherwise, and your lungs and all that. All, all, pretty much all your internal organs are going to be better off. Um, so there's actually a lot of benefits to being more cardiovascular fit than the average human, um, as long as you don't take it too far. And, you know, that's not something I'm going to cover here in this topic, uh, maybe eventually. But uh, it, within moderation, as long as you're more fit than the average person, those benefits are going to come to you. So something that you said at least three or four times throughout uh, your answer there on cardiovascular fitness and, and someone being more cardiovascularly fit than the average person that I wanted to circle back to because I think that it's, I find it super important and think that some people completely can miss it. And that is whether it's cardiovascular fitness, whether it's power, whether it's strength, whether it's having more muscle mass, whatever the modality that we're talking about, you are almost your health outcomes are almost certainly better than they would have been had you not been fitter in that modality. And you with a capital Y, meaning that some I I tend to find that some people may have the genetics for very high cholesterol or high blood pressure or some other disease or multiple diseases and they exercise and they are definitely fitter than the average person and then they they get a blood panel or they they have you know 
something done. And they say, well, what is the point of even doing this? Because I still have high cholesterol or I have high blood pressure. So why am I even working out uh, in, in, you know, training or exercising or doing whatever I'm doing? And it's important to remember, I, I think, that you could be your whatever your blood panel or whatever is going on could end up being so much worse for you personally had you if you were not as active as you are if that situation describes uh you and what you're going through yes you could absolutely be much stronger than the average person or be able to run much further much faster have much better cardiorespiratory fitness and still have higher cholesterol than the average person but for you per you know, again, with the capital Y, if you weren't doing that modality or those modalities, your outcomes almost certainly would be even worse. Uh, and so at the end of the day, the, the you that is active versus the you that is inactive is really what you should be trying to keep front and center in your mind um, versus you and all of these other people, because you just, you can get dealt a bad hand and have poor genetics in one area or multiple areas, uh, but being active, leading a healthier life is, again, almost always helping you and your outcomes from what they would be on the flip side. Anything uh, to push back on or anything there, Ben? No, I I 100% agree with all that. Okay. Um, So that was cardiorespiratory fitness. Right. do we so and uh cardiorespiratory fitness is going to encompass both speed both endurance anything that's an anaerobic activity yes okay um anything go ahead ahead. (laughs) i was it seemed like you were going to go further with that so so just continue i was gonna switch over okay um so then switch over into power strength uh actual muscle mass wherever you wanted to take it next Right, so then we pop over into what do we call anaerobic activity. Um, so there's a couple of kinds of that. There's going to be, and this is, it's going to get kind of tricky because for some types of anaerobic activity, there's not a whole lot of, of benefits that are on the surface. And so if you're looking to be, to get those benefits and all those benefits that I just described, Cardiovascularly fit is going to be the way to go. Now, obviously, you know, we talked about being stronger than the average person. Uh, so we're going to go there first, and then okay. I think we'll get to power uh, at the end. So we'll, we'll work our way that way on the spectrum. Okay. Um, so being stronger than the average person, uh, obviously there's going to be you're stronger than the average person. And I know that that's sort of self-explanatory. And... So that's beneficial in a whole lot of ways. Uh, the average person is not very strong. I think I watched on Family Feud once the question of, like, how much can a grown man lift? I think the most popular answer, which, you know, it's Family Feud, so those answers are eh. But sure. I think it was 180 pounds was the most a, a normal man can lift. And I think to my... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's right or not. I, I highly doubt that it is because their polling is. Yeah. But that's not a lot of weight. That's less than most men weigh. And so if you can't lift your own body weight, that's 
way less good than being able to lift your own body weight. And so I could think of a lot of examples in which, you know, you'd need to be stronger than the average person. So if there's going to be, if you're in a normal society where, and what I mean by normal society is a society that is functioning at the current level that you normally assume that it will be, you probably don't need a whole lot of strength, depending on who you are. If you're a person who lives in a city and has a desk job, very unlikely that you're going to need a whole lot of strength. However, if you're somebody who doesn't have a desk job, it's likely you're going to need some amount of strength. If you're somebody who is a, a what we call a blue-collar worker in this, this specific scenario, it's likely you're going to need a whole lot of strength, or at least strength endurance. Um, and maybe that we'll, we'll talk about strength endurance a little bit uh, later as well. Um, but that can sort of be combined with the cardiovascular fitness and the strength topic that we're talking about, so maybe not. Um but anyway, so there are definitely scenarios in which case your uh, society stops functioning to the level that you assume it is. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys can think of any uh, given news example. I mean, sure, you can think of, you know, an example where your door was stuck because a hinge was broken or something like that. Very simple. Um, and being the normal human, you're not going to have a whole lot of options. You're going to have to either find a specialized tool, you're going to have to find somebody stronger than you, or you're going to have to figure out another way around this stuff. Meanwhile, if you have enough strength, you can just open the door. Like, it makes your life a whole lot easier uh, in a whole lot of different scenarios. And if you are in a scenario in which case society breaks down, meaning, you know, there's an active shooter or there's... Uh, there's a whole lot of examples, but I don't know why that one's coming to mind at the moment. But if there's something like that, uh, um, being able to uh, move objects around at an easier uh, pace is going to be much, much, much more beneficial to yourself because you're more likely to survive. Um, it's unlikely that those scenarios are going to occur, that you're ever going to be in one, but definitely the first scenario where like your hinge off the door is stuck or is broken, um, and you can't open the door. Uh, something like that is, is likely to occur fairly often, and so having a general amount of strength uh, higher than the average human is going to help you in those scenarios. Um, as for uh, specific health benefits, to well, let's I'll get there in a little bit. So if we're going to talk about benefits for strength for uh, your mental capacity... For strength specifically, there's not a whole lot other than knowing that you can do something, uh, meaning that if you ever encountered whatever scenario you want to make up here, you know that you can move X, Y, Z amount of weight. Uh, there's also bragging rights in the gym for gym bros, but uh, it's largely irrelevant. Um, but um, usually strength brings with it a certain amount of muscle mass as well. Um, and having a muscle mass higher uh, than the, or a, 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 an accumulation of muscle mass higher than the average human being is going to make you look more muscular than the average human being, um, obviously. And so that's also going to make you look, quote unquote, better than the average human being, which is going to make the average being, being human being think that you look good. Um, and then there's all those mental benefits, the same that I covered with cardiovascular activity. Um, just with those things specifically. Chris, if you'd like to get into, because I, I feel like I'm taking up all this time, 
and not letting you talk. If you'd like to get into the actual health benefits of uh, strength training, go for it. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that you're doing a good job. I, I think that um, having more muscle mass, um, which is not directly correlated with being stronger, but you're almost certainly going to have more muscle mass than the average person if you are stronger than the average person, um, is going to give you um, and release a lot more beneficial um hormones and enzymes throughout your body that can aid in reducing inflammation. Um, it can also give you more of a reservoir of very active tissue if you do get injured or if you do have an illness such as cancer um, or, ju or just any kind of um, illness that's wreaking havoc on your body. It gives your body a reservoir to tap into uh, before it has to break down organs or just much more beneficial and necessary um, tissue because basically everything in your body is made of various different kinds of proteins. And so the more muscle that you have, the, the larger reservoir that your body can have to break down, uh, to heal itself, to fight off different things, and just to last longer if you are bedridden because you broke your leg or because you're undergoing chemotherapy or for any other host uh, of issues. If you are stronger, you almost certainly have more muscle mass. Um, you are, you mentioned the health the mental health benefits that feeling um, good about your body, feeling good about yourself, um, feeling capable as you go throughout the world that you could stop and help a little old lady or a little old man with their groceries. You, you could help, uh, you know, change a tire because jacking up a car is easier for you uh, than for somebody else. It just gives you um, that mental, you know, capacity to know that you are capable of doing things. And I can definitely speak from experience. Picking up, you know, a, a relatively heavy barbell does just make me feel powerful in the world. Um, that oh well, I, I see that thing and I'm like oh well, I, I could pick that up and like. I, I don't know. Sometimes it's just, <laughs> you just, it's just walk around, yeah. point at things. Oh, I could pick that up. Oh, I could pick that up. Absolutely. Oh, that's too heavy. <laughs> I, I couldn't pick that up. Uh, maybe a little more training and I, and I could pick that up. <laughs> give, give me a month. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, no. Um, so, that would be stronger than average. I will kick it back to you if there was anything else that you wanted to add there or if you were going to move on to... Um, power or wherever you are going to go next the most tricky of all of them to describe actual benefits um so first off uh when you guys think of power i don't know what you're thinking of probably the lights get turned on there's power <laughs> right so that is technically sort of power but not really because there's a whole different definition with that and you can go into the physics of that um but as Chris just described it here, you know, it's got to be the amount of uh, work that you, that you can do over a period of time. And so the amount of work that you can do is how much mass you can move over a distance. So the amount of mass you move over a certain distance per time area is going to be your uh, work done. Um, your power down, I'm sorry. Um, so something like powerlifting is not... Uh, what we're going to consider here for power. Something like uh, 
jumping is going uh, to be a good example for power. Go ahead, Chris. So uh, one way to visualize this for people is say that you were doing 50 kettlebell swings with a set amount of weight with a 25-pound kettlebell. That sounds awful. (laughs) But if if you can do 50 kettlebell swings with a 25-pound kettlebell in five minutes and you train for a month and then you do the same workout again with the exact same weight of kettlebell in the same range of motion and now you can do it in four minutes, you have increased your power because you moved that kettlebell the same amount of times more quickly. Actually, you moved it the same distance. More yeah, th- thank you. Thank you. You moved it the same distance in less time. Right. Um, if you jump higher, that would be generating more power. Right. Uh, so <laughs> just just two, two different examples. If, if you have... Uh, if you increase your, your vertical jump or the height that you could, could box jump, that is also would be uh, increasing your power output. Right. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> right. So there's going to be the obvious benefits to that. You know, you're going to be able to do more in a shorter period of time, which means you're going to be more efficient doing things, um, whether that's going to be for your work, whatever that is. And, you know, I said we get into cardio strength type activities uh, for people who do repetitive motions in a uh, environment where it is physically demanding. Uh, that type of powers is is going to be in, I suppose, this as well. Um, mainly, I was going to focus more on the explosive power for this particular example, but that brings into a, you know, he, Chris brings up a, a good point that is also, also power. Uh, that's power increases. Um, there's how do I put this? There's a lot of benefits to increasing power that are less noticeable than either cardiovascular activity or strength because of how little of it you can do before you get to a point where you can't do it. And the average person is not going to encounter a power movement uh, a lot. And uh, by a lot, I mean they're not going to encounter it frequently. It's it's very infrequently that they're that they're that a person is ever going to encounter it. So describing the benefits of being marginally or you know significantly more powerful, and we're going to use that term meaning to have more power in this context um, than another human being who is a, a just generally powerful. I'm not sure that there are because it's it's not going to do a whole lot for your health because there's not going to be a whole lot. And I'm talking about the explosive movement for this. Um, keep that in mind. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of internal health benefits for it. There's not going to be a whole lot of increased uh, muscle mass for it. There's not going to be a whole lot of increased cardiovascular endurance for it. 
Um, it's likely going to be an anaerobic activity. Um, so there may be no, no, little to no, I'll say, uh, cardiovascular increases. Um, and it's not going to be something that you're going to be demonstrating on a frequent basis. It's not going to increase, your, uh, it's, it's unlikely uh, to increase an immune response uh, because there's not going to be an increased muscle mass for, uh, there's not, there's, yeah, there's not going to be that. So I'm not 100% on what benefit that has outside of you're in a specific scenario where you need to quickly do something or move a whole lot of mass really, really fast or uh, overcome uh, static friction to be able to push something. I, and, and a lot of uh, the general population doesn't encounter those things. So I, I don't know what the benefits of being more powerful are for uh, the general population. Okay, I so I guess maybe the context that you are thinking of it would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that training power specifically is probably most likely the benefits will come in the sport that you are training for. Right, so there's going to be specific instances or specific scenarios in which you're going to need power if you are training for being more powerful than the average person. Um, obviously, any any of the various sports that require jumping going to need it. Any of the various sports that are going to uh, require something like throwing a punch um, or uh, weightlifting would be another good example for that. And by weightlifting, we're going to differentiate that from powerlifting in this um, because they are different sports. For any of those sports, absolutely, that's going to be crucial to have increased power over the general population, but the general population doesn't encounter those those sports. And so it's to say that it's beneficial for the, the general population to be more powerful is sort of a misnomer, right? Yeah, so I guess maybe the re the the thought would be if you are looking for health benefits you're getting more health benefits out of being more cardiorespiratory fit or more strong fit than the average person. And power would not be the, uh, of those three, power would be the least important for health benefits over the average person. Right. And I, I actually, depending on what you, obviously all of this depends on what you do and how far you sure. take it. Mm -hmm. But of the three of these, increasing your power is going to take the most toll on your body. And so there's going to be an increased risk chance um, that you wouldn't have with either the other modalities or just being not doing this thing and being the regular general population. And so I don't know if I could recommend that the gen pop just work on power to be more better. Like it, it that, that, it, that I, I don't know if that's something that I, I would recommend. Yeah, that, that makes, that makes sense. So I think that we, 
I think that we covered it then. We covered uh, how we are defining fit in this conversation and the various benefits of being more fit um, than the average person across three different modalities. Uh, until next time, this has been the PetraCore Project uh, with myself, Chris Coons, and my co-host, Ben Allman.